0: Up, everybody! Let's elevate your mind. Live. Your- Welcome to Living Your Life Without Limits once again. Thank you, family, for joining us. I am excited to have our special guest today, none other than Dr. Dannys Hayes, who will be joining me for a conversation about learning how to live a healthier life in today's society as we take a deeper dive in looking at the minority health population. Thank you, Dr. Denise Hayes, for joining us again today on Live Your Life Without Limits. We're so excited to have you be our special guest today.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me also. Glad to be here.
0: And I wanted to talk today about how we can continue to take care of our health in this COVID time frame. I know you have 25 years of experience working in the medically undeserved area, dealing with minority patients Population. Talk to us about how that experience and knowledge has impacted our course in how we treat patients today.
1: Okay. So first, I want to start by giving a, an overview of the state of healthcare in America for Black Black people and also other minorities. Okay. Um, disparities in healthcare for Blacks has long been documented, and is driven by racism. Mm-hmm. There has been an enormous amount of research documenting the effects of racism on the health care of blacks and other minorities. Um, while the problem has been studied and small improvements have been made, nothing has changed because you still have that underlying current of racism going on, persisting. Um, the American Academy of Pediatrics uh, issued a policy statement last year pointing to racism as the core cause of health care. Problems and disparities in minorities and black people, mm-hmm. um, not race, because sometimes you hear that something is worse in black people. This is worse in black people, but it's not really because of your race or skin color. It's because of the underlying current racism. So race should not be used to explain away disparities caused by the racism. Um, the onset of the COVID nineteen pandemic um, in. Has laid bare the racial disparities in healthcare of, of blacks in America. Um, there are a lot of racist practices in me- medicine which lead to worse outcomes. The healthcare field on all levels must work to address racism within the system. Uh, the effects of the COVID 19 virus on the health of racial and ethnic minorities is still emerging. That means we don't, since it's something new, we don't really have that many studies documenting everything. However, The current data that we do have suggests a uh, disproportionate burden of illness and death among these groups. Um, Health differences among groups uh, often due to economic and social conditions Mm -hmm. that are more common among some racial and ethnic minorities than whites. In a public health emergency such as the COVID-19 pandemic, these conditions isolate people from the resources that are needed to be prepared during an outbreak. There are factors and challenges challenges that influence racial and ethnic groups' um, health, such as living conditions, work conditions, underlying health conditions, and lower access to care. Now, like, as you said, I have 25 years of working with a uh, disadvantaged population. Mm-hmm. And as relating to living conditions, blacks or other ethnic minorities are more likely to live in densely populated Areas and it be may be more difficult to practice prevention preventive measures such as um, social distancing Mm -hmm. Um, because you may have uh, multi generational population uh, family members living in a household so it makes it difficult to isolate also makes it difficult to uh, protect the older uh, family members from. obtaining the disease or whatever. And research has shown that residential segregation is a fundamental cause of health disparities. Mm -hmm. These areas may be farther from grocery stores and health facilities or medical facilities making it more difficult to receive care if they are sick. Um, In the case of the COVID-19 virus, it makes it harder for them to stock up on uh, food and other goods that they need to remain home.
0: So let me ask you, just so that the audience can get a better understanding when you say racism is the underlying cause of some of these things that have impacted, are you referring to the fact that in minority communities there's limited access or resources that are provided to them, that maybe this is why they're unable to manage or get the same level of health care?
1: Well as as I said, you know you have uh, ethnic and minority, uh, ethnic and black populations living mm-hmm. in certain areas. Mm-hmm. And usually, because these are usually poor areas, mm-hmm. they don't have access to medical facilities because mm-hmm. medical facilities are not placed in that area close Correct. to them. Uh-huh. They're a place where people who are more fluent can access the care.
0: So it's really about not
1: having the access and resources right.
0: there. And you
1: don't have okay. access because nobody's going to put anything in a poor area. It's, mm-hmm. it's harder for to obtain services in a poor area. Mm -hmm. It's just like grocery stores, you know, uh, we don't have access to um, grocery stores or fresh produce because nothing is placed in those areas. And then when something is placed in the area, sometimes it doesn't last very long. Mm -hmm. So those are some situations, you know, we're not gonna put in that area because blacks or other minorities Mm -hmm. live there. So also a lot of times, people can't access the care because of transportation problems mm-hmm. the tra- public transportation system is not that good you also have to have money to access the, the public transportation system mm-hmm. um, if you don't have a friend or family member with a car or whatever to transport you to your appointments then you miss your clinic appointments
0: mm-hmm.
1: and therefore you don't receive the care you need so some people don't access care until there's an emergency and they go to the emergency room maybe they're hospitalized but after they're discharged they're lost to follow-up because they don't have access to follow-up care Mm -hmm. and we need more programs to reach out to these patients to make sure they receive the care the aftercare that they need Mm -hmm. that's where your community organizations come into play
0: very good so Mm -hmm. we definitely need more not just access but organization and support and resources given to the minority communities and that that is improving we do have
1: a there are some improvements in that area
0: but still a long ways to go exactly okay very good
1: so um also you have in my experience i've taken care of a lot of Patients who've been recently discharged from jails, so blacks are overrepresented in represented in jails, prisons, and detention centers, which have specific risks due to congregate living and shared food sources. So a lot of times, when the patients are discharged from prison, they have some medical issues. Some are addressed in prison, but most of the time, they're not addressed in prison or jails. So when they come out, they're hospitalized, they receive care, then they're discharged. If there's no follow-up because they may be homeless or don't know about services that they can access.
0: So, given that we know that the, the, the picture that you're describing is a systemic issue. that it is it's very broad. It Fine. starts from the government to the communities to, like you said, community involvement. Aye. And will require a restructuring. And we're hoping that in today, with everything that we're seeing with the COVID, as well as with the injustices and looking for more equality, that some of these things will begin to. Hopefully, become to the forefront and let it be more priority to the minorities.
1: We do have to prioritize that. You know, another thing is economics that's also played a part. You know, we have a large homeless population in the Los Angeles area, and a large percentage of these people have a mental illness, drug addiction, or recent release from prison, as I stated before. Mm -hmm. So, this affects their ability to function within the constraints of our society. You know, they're living on the fringes of our society, mm-hmm. so they have their own little community of homeless people. They are not receiving services that they need most of the time uh, until an emergency arises. Uh, so after care is received and they're discharged from a hospital setting, they're will follow again because of poor, you know, services mm-hmm. available to them. Mm-hmm.
0: So what are some of the things that we as individuals can do to help ourselves in this process because even though there's the role of the government and the community, Mm -hmm. you know, we can't wait till they get it together. And, you know, it may be re-electing people and maybe more money and more resources, but for today for each individual with everything that's going on how can we help ourselves our loved ones kind of navigate and get to a more healthier place in the midst of everything that's going on
1: well there are some things you can do to improve your overall health on a personal level you have lifestyle factors that come into play that help us stay healthy Individuals can, um, can step, take steps to reverse some of the societal problems caused by disparities in health care, and one of these factors is physical activity. Mm-hmm. So a sedentary lifestyle is associated with an increased risk of chronic disease, mm-hmm. loss of movement, and decreased uh, immune health. So we need, need to focus on the basics and uh, don't underestimate the power of diet and exercise. So, mm-hmm this can be as simple as walking, dancing or just working in your yard or just regular housework or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. just get up and move. And those at increased risk for COVID-19 infection are older adults 65 and over, older which is me, <laughs> those with chronic disease like diabetes, hypertension, heart disease and lung disease, and those with compromised immune systems. So Inactivity is a risk factor similar to smoking and hypertension and high cholesterol. So that's a risk risk factor there. And that's something that can easily be resolved, you know, Mm. by getting Mm. out, walking or doing whatever. The benefits of physical activity and exercise include stress and anxiety uh, release. We have high levels of stress because those factors, economic, societal, living conditions, Mm -hmm. all of that. So exercise releases chemicals in your brain, such as uh, serotonin and endorphins, which can improve your mood, reduce the risk of depression and cognitive decline, the risk of um, delay onset of dementia. It helps the immune system function, helps with weight management and reduces risk, uh, health risk and uh, prevents disease. We also need to look at our diet, eat more non-starchy vegetables and also limit our sodium intake to maybe 1,500 milligrams if you have hypertension and diabetes, but no more than two grams of sodium,
0: Mm -hmm. you know. So the uh, underlining, one one of the things that I find a lot of times when I'm educating, mm -hmm. doing the nursing role for people, a lot of times they are not managing their underlining conditions. Mm -hmm. So they're they're already set up for Phil. you know high risks to mm. not only for COVID for any other issue to take place so it's very important don't you agree that they take whatever condition that they currently have and make sure they're managing following up with their doctor appointments exactly and their annual physicals or whatever medications that they may have. I, I even have people sometimes well I don't want to take the medicine because it makes me feel like well, this and the other
1: you know, there's in the black community, there's a distrust of the healthcare system. Yes. And we know why there's some history there. Uh, one of the main reasons is the Tuskegee experiment. Yes. Where that's one of the things that we've had to endure mm-hmm. where we're treated like scientific and medical guinea pigs, not right. like human beings. So some people still don't trust the healthcare system. So that's where the community organizations and others, even us healthcare professionals, come in. We have to boost their confidence in healthcare services, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. reaching out, giving information, education is key, educating them on things, educating them about their bodies, about the medications and what they need, you know, Mm -hmm. educating them on being able to keep their doctor's appointments and giving them the resources in the community that that they need for help, assistance, like transportation, Mm -hmm. classes on diet, you know, classes on cooking, um, healthy meals, you know just education mm-hmm. education that's the key
0: mm-hmm. very good mm-hmm. yeah it's it's very important that we in today make sure that as you said even though there's been some distrust and there is some system issues in terms of access that we want the viewers to understand the importance of taking ownership as well because if we wait for the cavalry or wait for someone (laughs) else to come in you can be sitting there for months and weeks at a time and so um it's, it's important that they understand that it is a collective partnership, but ultimately it's my health.
1: Right, and so, uh, if we have to learn how to reach out if we need help, a lot yes. of times people don't reach out, reach Very out good. to somebody. Yes. If you don't know some. ask your neighbor, ask your friend, get help, call a number, a help number, reach out to somebody, yes. reach out to your physician or whoever, reach out to the social worker, whoever you can to get the information that you need to help you take care of yourself.
0: Absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. That is so important that we have that happening right. today.
1: And there was one other thing that I wanted to touch upon, you know, mental health in our community. Yes. Um, you know, for so long, mental illness has been a taboo in the black community. Mm-hmm. You know, it's viewed as being weak. You're viewed as being weak. There has been a stigma attached to seeking help when we have a mental health issue. And people often misunderstand what a mental health condition is, and therefore, like I said, the subject is taboo. The lack of understanding leads many to believe that a mental health condition is a personal weakness or a form of punishment. And m- many people have problems recognizing the signs and symptoms of mental health conditions, such as anxiety and depression. And so, we have a large amount of depression and anxiety in our community, but people we, we don't want to take ownership of that, as you said. Mm-hmm. Uh, this leads to people underestimating the effects of mental health conditions. Uh, blacks may also be reluctant to discuss mental health issues and and treatment with their physician or therapist. Uh, for many in the black community, our, our story is one of perseverance and resilience. Um, after all, we survived slavery. That's what we say. But... Mm-hmm. You survive, but what what comes after that, you know, Mm -hmm. after that survival? So surely we can survive anxiety and sadness, people think. Anything less is sometimes considered as a spiritual or moral weakness. We fail to recognize mental illness is an illness as, uh, as we would cancer or diabetes or whatever. So, there has been a study done. It was 2008 study showed this stigma within the community against receiving uh, help for mental illness. Um, some people feel that sitting down to talk with a stranger or a therapist is in some way airing their dirty laundry, which, you know, doesn't make really make any sense. Mm-hmm. Talking about mental health problems is just not done, so blacks skirt away from the conversation and uh, dealing with therapy as a solution to... Uh, depression, uh, marital problems or relationship problems or whatever. We have to look at it uh, from the view that this is something that's going to help us. Um, Mental illness affects one in five adults in the U.S. This is just adults in general. So this is regardless of race, creed or color. And according to the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Office of Minority Health, adult blacks are 20 percent more likely to report psychological distress than uh, adult whites. Mm -hmm. Despite this, blacks are less likely than whites to seek treatment and more likely uh, to end treatment prematurely if they do seek treatment. They don't follow up or whatever. Mm -hmm. This is due to these long-held beliefs that that we need to uh, try to detach ourselves from the stigma and the you know other things attached to that uh, we need to seek out resources in the community and
0: get help when we need it so if you were to leave a final thought with the viewers on how to better take care of their health in today's society with the climate that we're in today what would that be what would the what would the takeaway be for our viewer and listening audience, what would you want them to glean from this? Because you said a lot of powerful nuggets mm-hmm. that are important to not only us as individuals, but in the minority community. But what is it that you would want to leave with them as a final takeaway? Don't be afraid to reach out
1: for help from your physician, the community organizations, or our friends and family. Mm-hmm. If you have an issue, talk to people. And if you have some good information to share, share it with people. Mm -hmm. You know, you you, you never know what information you share might help somebody. Yes. So share information, reach out when needed,
0: and follow through with that. Very good. Thank you so much, Dr. Denise, for your wisdom, your knowledge and the historical background to how we got where we are today. And what I want our viewers to understand is that we can't rewrite history, but you can reset yourself to go forward. And it's important that you not only get involved in your communities and look at the systems and structures and voice your opinion through your voting systems and your structure, but most importantly, that you take ownership of your own health. As Dr. Denise so eloquently put it, ask questions, seek resources, see what's available. And if you don't have the information, maybe there's a loved one or a neighbor or a confident or social worker or your physician can assist you with getting the help that you, need to be able to navigate through these trying times. But it's so important that you follow up with your physician. I think it's very important that every individual has an annual physical to see what their baseline is. If you have coexisting conditions, making sure you're following your health practitioner's guidelines. If you don't agree, have a conference and go through that and see what changes and recommendations can be made.
1: I was going to say that don't be afraid to ask questions of your physicians about your treatment plan. If you're not satisfied with the answers and they're not conveying the right information. Don't be afraid to change doctors.
0: Absolutely. That's you, your have right. you have the choice. The power right. of choice. Right. But you have to remember it starts with you and ultimately it ends with you. Okay. So we thank you for joining us for this week's episode. Again, I thank my esteemed guest, Dr. Danise Hayes, for her time and her wisdom. And remember to love yourself. Take care of yourself. Because guess what? You're worth it. Stay connected to us. Subscribe to our channel at livingyourlifewithoutlimits.com. We're here to inform you, motivate you, and inspire you. So continue to join us each week on Saturdays at 9 a.m. Thank you again, and God bless you all. Thanks for joining us here at Living Your Life Without Limits with your host, Shannon Jackson. You always know she always brings you quality content all the time with each and every episode she creates, and that is just for you. You know, Shannon has done her part. Now's the time for you to do yours. You need to take action. Show her your love. Click on that subscribe button and get your content every single week.